Welcome, Cowboys Nation, to another episode of the Late Night Hype. Ultra special guest in the building today. I mean, he really needs no introduction, but we're still going to give him one. Three-time Super Bowl champion. A million-time Pro Bowler. Amazing guy on and off the field. Darren Woodson, ladies and gentlemen. What's going on, Woody? Oh, man, I'm enjoying yeah. it, Will. That things are good, man. <laughs> Even through this COVID stuff that's going on, man, yeah. there's, there's been some silver linings, man. So, you know, my heart, listen, my heart goes out to those that are suffering, though, man. There's so many people absolutely uh, around the country that are suffering. And, uh, hey, our prayers are out to you. But uh, and at the same time, um, you know, I hope everyone gets well. Yes, absolutely. And that's one of the things we get from doing this show here and having people on like you. I mean, you're, you've been the, the the best guess I think we've had uh, but people really reach out to these type of shows during this time you know mm-hmm. and they they yeah. tell us and I'm sure they probably tell you hey man you, you guys are helping me get through this crazy yeah. period man so yeah, and it's crazy because you know as as just as humans man we're used to being around people that's our thing I mean we you know I know I am yeah Right. I'm the type of dude that I, I could never live on the East Coast because if there wasn't enough sun for me, <laughs> no, I'm standing by. I'm standing on a gloomy day. I'm standing by the light bulb. The I lamp. feel you. I feel you. Know, how you I, mean, think I need I to feel. be. I need the light. I feel you, man. Hey, listen, I'm over here. I'm right next. To, I told you on the phone the other day. I'm right next to Philly. Yeah, man. I'm right in the middle. I'm in Ohio. <laughs> Right so you ain't bad, but Philly, good yeah. lord. What? <laughs> Dad, I ain't better, but man, you better come on down here. It's the only reason why it's cool right now because the world is wacky. But trust me, winners out here will smack you in the face. But, oh, yeah, I can, I can imagine. Man, what do you know? Look at that. Look he at played that. In, he played against Philly. I don't know how many times. He oh, know how Lord, it is. That hard, that Too many times, field. right? In a good man, way. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the old vet. See, y'all too young. That's why I snapped. Uh, no, don't do that. No, 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 no. Woody, Woody, I'm 48. <laughs> no, you yeah. come on. Yeah, take it. Take it. Hey, hey, Woody, hey. I'm 48. You're I see like all of them. Give me some more of that. <laughs> hey, some, hey, hey, Woody. I seen we, it all, we, Woody. We, we seen you with the big shoulder pads out. Big there. shoulder <laughs> pads. Big shoulder pads. Before we go, before we go, you gotta explain. Cause listen, we talked about this on the last episode. We said, man, Woody came up in a different era when them shoulder pads made you look like you ain't have no neck. None. No neck. He was getting hit. And you know what who I followed though when I was I was coming up. I was looking at, you know, you always look at the dress code, mm-hmm. right? You look at the dress code when you're in college, you start to look at the safety that were playing at that time. And Atwater was the dude. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So Steve. I didn't know no better. I was like, okay, well, <laughs> Atwater's about 240. I'm about 225. I'm, a, I'm considered a big safety. Yeah. I'm going to wear the big shoulder pads. And that's how I went. And then <laughs> I'm going to tell you when the swag definitely changed is when Dion came on yes. with the uh-huh. Cowboys. No the first way. Thing he said to me was like, no, hey dog, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to get out the big, the big ass shoulder pad. Listen, you was not a lineman, bro. Right. Right. Nah, you probably told you, get out of them things. But man. I'm telling you, that that's the that's the vision I have though. When I think of the nineties Dallas mm-hmm. defense and the nineties Cowboys, I that I think of those shoulder pads, brother. When it comes yeah. to the look, mm-hmm. the actual look. But first off, I want to congratulate you on your second retirement. Because right. you were with ESPN, I believe, for what fourteen years. Yeah, after your first yeah, retirement, um, and and you were a staple, definitely for Cowboy fans. You called it straight down the middle, and I remember when I was on the phone with you the other day, I said, "Hey, man, is there anything off limits?" You said, "What? No." Like you said, <laughs> "I'm gonna keep it real. Yeah. I'm gonna keep it straight," and because that's how I do. And I'm like, "Excellent, perfect." So, how is life treating you 
uh, your second retirement? Because I know you have other different ventures you're doing right now. Yeah, man. I tell you what, you know, man, God's been good, man. And and, and I've been blessed throughout my life to to be able to transition. And a lot of, you know, the one thing I have been able to do, which a lot of players haven't, is been able to transition from football to regular life. Um, and, and I, I got to attribute that to the people I, that I've surrounded myself with. I mean, I, I got that two brothers, one just passed, man, but oh, sorry. That two brothers who were a lot that? like y'all, man, like kept it real with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could have the best game ever. And they're going to remember that one missed tackle. That I had. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I felt like I've been grounded in the sense of, yeah, I played the game. Uh, it was a part of my life. It didn't define me. Uh, and my identity wasn't wrapped into that. I just wanted, I, I just knew I was a regular dude that just played this game on Sunday. And mm-hmm. I wanted everybody to know that at the same time. It was, it's just the game, man. Yeah, yeah, everybody's excited about it. And I was excited about it as well, mm-hmm. but it didn't make me any better than anybody else. I was just a dude. Mm-hmm. So extraordinary uh, that, that's, that was the joy that I had. And I think that's a, that allowed me to transition, transition into regular life after that. And, and into regular life, you have your podcast that you're doing now, and I highly recommend you guys to go out there and check out the podcast. It's it's entertaining. It's it's you learn some things there, and um, it, I really enjoy it. And one of the things I picked up from the the coaching one you did was called Coachable. Are you coachable? Is was the title of that podcast, and it was it's, it's interesting, man. Your podcast goes deeper than just football. Yeah, and, and I picked that up when we were talking. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, but the podcast is is based on interesting stories. It's not centered on sports. So we're interviewing doctors, uh, lawyers. We just interviewed Rich Froning, who's the uh, the king of CrossFit and wow. considered the the fittest man on earth. And you know, yesterday we had a guy on that uh, a doctor on that talked about hormones. So we go across the gamut, man. It's not you know, sports is not just. Uh, our interest and my passion is in the fact that I love to hear interesting stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Tyler Klutz, who, you, who we spoke about earlier, is a, <laughs> he wow. played seven years in the league, bounced around. Dude, I'm telling you, He's there funny. ain't a team that mm-hmm. in the NFL and the CFL that, that Tyler Klutz <laughs> didn't play on. <laughs> he played on every team imaginable. Uh, but he played, he went seven years. A guy named Ben Gibbs is my other guy who, who runs Point. And I'm a partner in a, a commercial real estate firm. Tyler and Ben are, are, uh, the bro- are a couple of brokers that work with me. And we've all had to make that transition from the sports world into uh, corporate America. And we've had these conversations, man, at lunch, uh, just sitting at our desk talking about hey man you know look you know football's over with but let's talk about the interesting stories like like we were sitting at a bar uh, just mm-hmm. about people's lives so today we had troy aikman on for for example we're wow. going to be dropping troy here in the next uh week wow. nice and nice inside we didn't really Love. talk that much about football <laughs> we just talked about his life man and and if mm-hmm. you know troy people don't know realize troy had so many ups and downs in his life like oh, wow. there were times where he thought my football career is over with Wow. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so you know, he found a way to bounce back. And that, those are the stories we want to tell. We want to tell talk 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 about the full transparency of when you when he was down and when he got back up and what it took for him to do that. 
Right. That's right. the that's the inspirational part of it because yeah. I mean we all see the football side of it, but really people gravitate what you just talk about the everyday life because people deal with that more because everybody can't do it in playing pro football. But when you're talking about getting falling down and getting up, uh, everybody can deal with that. And when you see a person that's played in the sports field go down and come back up, it inspires you even more, in my opinion. Yeah. Yes, yeah. indeed. My 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 mentor once told me. He said, "You learn more." from your failure than your success. And uh, when you look at it, you, you really say to yourself, man, I learned a lot from my failure. And, and you're right. When I look at sports, what it does collectively speaking, it builds character. So for people that are trying to find an alleyway or a lane to life, sometimes you can gravitate towards sport. You can be good at something and then relate that to everyday life and everyday living. Right? Yeah, yeah. You, so you, told a, you told an interesting story, speaking of stories, about uh, just uh, what coach was it? Lovey, Lovey Smith. When you were talking yeah. about coaching, and I, f I found it interesting because of all the coaches to bring up, you brought up Lovey first, um, and and then that got me thinking. Well, I know he got some interesting stories. He he was coached up by Bill Parcells and yeah. and Jimmy Johnson. What was it like to play for two Hall of Famers like that? That totally different kind of style coaches. Totally different. You would think they would both be hard-nosed Bill Belichick type coaches. Now, Parcells, he was more along that line of Belichick because he basically mentored Belichick uh, coming up. Uh, Jimmy was different in the sense of Jimmy was more of a CEO type of coach. He, he did a great job of, of putting not only his coaching staff together, but drafting. He knew exactly what he was looking for in a draft. And, and those guys were alpha dogs, dudes that loved to play, uh, guys that were basically gym rats who wanted to hang out all day and talk football and compete at the highest level. And he found a way with all the talent that we had, but with all the characters, dude, we had some oh, moves on that damn night. I'll tell you what, if we had social media back then, Woo. we are not lining up to play on Sunday. Off-air, off-air stories for that one. Exactly. The advent of the camera would have definitely, you know, cost us back then. But uh, he, he, uh, he was just, you know, he was brilliant in a sense. He knew what buttons to push when he needed to push us. Uh, and again, with all the characters we had in that room, it, it spoke volumes to who he was because he made us play at the highest level. On Sunday, we all came to play at the highest level. And, and the week of practice was brutal, mm -hmm. man. I can tell you this. Under Jimmy, I felt like the games were easy. It felt wow, wow, really? it was like, almost like a calming sensation when we went out to the game. <laughs> Because Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, man, we were banging. We weren't walk, running around with shells on and shorts. Mm -hmm. We were full pads banging on Fridays. And it was it was brutal, man. So, you know, the joy was going out to the playground on Sunday and, and playing those games. That's when that's when the good times happened with Jim. So so it's true. If you guys didn't win, y'all didn't eat, right? <laughs> might as well. <laughs> you might as well, though. It was gonna be like I, I used to always say. Yeah, the one thing about Jimmy, he was always looking for the positives. If you won, it, the game could be 10 to 7. He's going to find the, po the positive silver linings in that win, and it's going to be a celebration. Like, a win is a win. Mm. You can count it however you want to count it. But when you lost, it was like a death in the family, man. Wow. It was the <laughs> worst Ooh, feeling walking in there. 
I remember we playing. You talked. We spoke about Philly earlier. Mm-hmm. Right, right. The deaf, right. The deaf area. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to know this one. <laughs> so I give up a touchdown. It was like a. I'm telling you, man. The ball is in the air. That dude ain't even caught the ball yet. Dude runs a double double move on me. Uh-huh. I bite on it. He goes. You know, he goes up the field. Runs a nine. They throw a ball. The ball is in the air, and I'm thinking about Monday. <laughs> <laughs> He ain't even caught the ball yet. And I'm like, damn, Jimmy gonna kill my ass <laughs> in this film room. Over mm. so, I mean, that's the, that's the fear you played with when you played but, with the Cowboys in the early 90s. Hey, that's, in my opinion, don't you? That's the fear we like. That's the fear we like. That fear. We ain't been seeing that fear a lot nah. lately, uh, uh, Woody. No. Yeah. That, that, hey. Can you confirm this? You may deny it, though, but there's a story out there that there was a guy out there with asthma. And Jimmy walked on the field and the guy was going through his positions, right, with the asthma. And he said, what's wrong with this guy? You know, and they said, well, he got asthma. He said, well, the asthma field, and I'm I'm saying it PC, is over there, you know? Yeah, yeah. And he pointed to the the parking lot. Yeah, so that's, you know what, man, that that was before my time, but I heard that story so many times. (laughs) It was embedded. (laughs) Yeah, dog, I'm telling you. And and that's how he ruled. He ruled by, it, it was almost... It was fear in a sense, mm-hmm. but then it was also a, a mutual respect that he had with the team because his ultimate goal, and he told you when you walked in the door, it's not to just to win games, it's to win championships. Mm-hmm. And and I was on board from the from the from the jump. And now I know you you had a couple coaches in between Jimmy and Bill, and mm-hmm. uh James had a question about one particular guy in Barry Switzer. Go ahead, James. Yeah. Uh yeah, I, w- I wanted to ask this question because some people yeah. gave me some flat because I'll say, man, that that Barry Switzer was garbage for it because I was just frustrated when Jimmy's gone. I was like, Barry Switzer was just garbage for Dallas, <laughs> and I want to know when Jimmy left the transition, what was the transition like going to Barry Switzer, and what was kind of like the 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 rain under him because it seemed like when Jimmy left, the beginning of the end did start. And it, you, you saw the, a lot of the undiscipline we heard about. We've yeah. seen the Troy Aikman, uh, the um, truth the, um, about his life. And he was talking about how, hey, when Jimmy's gone, oh, don't worry about it, Barry Switzer. He's cool. I, I, I played under him. He's cool. But it didn't look like it. What was it like under him? Well, I mean, look, first of all, it was not fair. To, it's not fair to Barry Switzer um, mm-hmm. in any way to cut, you know, to bring him. When he, when he came in, man, he was in a, a no-win situation. We we had come mm-hmm. off two Super Bowl championships. The entire staff was was handpicked by Jimmy. Right. Wow. And these guys had this this coaching staff that Jimmy had had been together since Oklahoma State. You mean okay. you know, Wanstead, Butch Davis? Yeah. Right. Right. You know the, the the list. I mean Dave Camp. The list had gone on from guys that went from Oklahoma State. Followed him to Miami and, and then North to the Turner Cowboys. Nor turn, you know. So there's a lot of guys. There was a lot of coaches that were on that staff that mm-hmm. that followed Jimmy. So when Switzer came in, you can imagine the the feeling that we had when Jimmy was let go. Yeah. When, when Jimmy departed, man, a lot of us were pissed, including myself, because look, I mm-hmm. felt like we could make history. We we had a run. We could make a, a huge run, like four or five championships in a row. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. the moment we were in with Jimmy. And so there was some spite that, that he was no longer there. And then Barry comes in, he's dealing with a coaching staff 
that are all Jimmy guys who felt like, well, if Jimmy got fired or Jimmy got let go, then I should be the next guy. Oh, mm, so he's wow. dealing with that problem. Ooh, okay. And he's dealing with a team that, that uh, again, is, is, is upset about, you know, Jimmy not being there. I think, you know, Jerry, uh, Barry Switch was always behind the eight ball, but this is the thing. The one thing that Jimmy made it easy for was he made it easy for guys like Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin and, and, and Ken Norton, uh, the leaders of that team in the early 90s. He made it easy on them because those guys like Troy didn't have to worry about disciplining other players or convincing oh. other players to watch extra film, mm-hmm. do the little things. Mm-hmm. Jimmy had all that. He just told you, hey, go play ball. If someone gets out of line, I, that's me. I got that. Mm-hmm. You, I just want you to play at the highest level. And that was, as a leader on, that, on those teams, uh, you had that feeling of, man, I can just go play my game. I don't have to worry about getting everybody else lined up and doing the right thing. Jimmy's got all that. And that's why guys like Mike and Troy and Emmett uh, and the list went on that offensive line. That's why they played at such a high level because they didn't have to worry about it. Jimmy that's took care of all that. So when point. Jimmy left, there was an instant vacuum, mm, an instant great. vacuum. First of all, he was a great, he was a great, drafter he could draft and, mm-hmm. and pick with the best of them when you pick a guy like leon let in the seventh round <laughs> the, <laughs> right that, that we had on those football teams that's telling right. you this man could draft he knew mm-hmm. he knew what he had to do he had to do the draft started to get worse mm-hmm. we weren't bringing in those alpha dogs we were losing guys that were free agents at the mm-hmm. time who were big time players for us not only on the field but in the locker room who were the glue of that organization mm-hmm. and now we were trying to fill that void and we weren't drafting the right, we didn't drafting the right players. We were taking chances on things. And uh, eventually, man, the discipline wasn't there uh, to know. And that's no offense to what Barry was or, or who Barry was, but it just, it just wasn't the same. And, and that's the reason why you started to see what could have been easily a dynasty of yes. Yes. It just hurt my soul again right now. Opening <laughs> yeah. Woody, yeah. we opening up old wounds. Old <laughs> wounds. And, and just to add some context, just to add some context to this, Barry Switzer went what 12 and 4, 94, yeah. 12 and 4, 95. He had a and y'all winning. went 10 and 6 and 6 and 10. Then he got the boot. You got can you imagine, yeah. so, you know, even in this new era, well, not going to talk about Mike McCarthy, but the era right before that, the Jason Garrett era. What would we do if we would went with 12 and 4, 12 and 4, 10 and 6? <laughs> yeah. We would have been, we been crazy with that, yeah. you know. Yes. That's how yes. good that, that team, that 90 team was, man, or still is, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, and part of me, guys, I'm telling you, man, part of me is like, okay, what? and I've talked to some of the guys that are playing now, the Sean mm-hmm. Lees of the world and the Dax, and, I, and I've been telling them, look, man, don't what we did in the 90s, that's over with. I mean, I'm sorry to say it, dog. <laughs> tell the coach that. Tell I mean, look, him, all, we are, all, all we have or all we are are old dudes that play the game. Over with. I'm serious, But you know what happened? Y'all beat up all of those teams, and they didn't forget about it. No, they didn't. They rub it in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but but what we we did, I just don't want these guys to worry about, you know, have that 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 gorilla in the back of the room saying they did it. Now we got to do it. Just, I mean, this is a different era, man. And I'm I'm praying that this team gets back 
to winning those winning ways. And I'm hoping, I pray that Dak Prescott is the quarterback uh-huh. when okay. that happens. We're about to talk about it. Well, yeah, we can go right well, in. We can go right into Dak. Great segue, Mr. Woody. Segue. Yeah, you've been <laughs> <laughs> you've been making rounds uh, lately. I don't know if you saw that for the Pat McAfee show. Yeah. Um, uh, on your comments on Dak Prescott, which a lot of us, we kind of have the same type of feeling about Dak. Right. But for those who didn't see it or for those who don't know, you know, how are you taking this whole Dak Prescott thing or how do you feel about Dak Prescott? I know you work close to the actual uh, practice field, so you yeah. get a chance to see him a ton. Yeah, I get a chance. And, you know, with COVID, I haven't had a you know, you know our office has been shut down, but our office is uh, – at the Cowboys facility at the star at the Cowboys headquarters. And mm-hmm. we're on the third floor and we overlook my commercial real estate firm overlooks the practice field. So I can see the guys, they walk, they come outside. They, they, in years past, you know, they come out and they, they run and train and do all those things. And, you know, I've made the comment before I've, I've seen this guy, I've seen this kid come out there in the morning, get his workout in and go out and throw, go back inside. And I don't know what he's doing, but he'll come back out and he'll throw to the, the fourth, fifth receiver, the special teams guy, he'll just throw. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of a guy that I played with, with the same type of work ethic. And that was Michael Irvin. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody was going to out, outwork Michael Irvin. Mm-hmm. And there were so many times, you know, through my career where I wanted to do that. <laughs> and, I tested him, and it didn't work out the way I wanted it to work out, but he just, you know, there was a relentlessness to Michael Irvin, and I see that in Dak, and I know he's all in. And Love you it. Talk to everyone in that yeah. locker room; they'll tell you the same thing. Like this, this guy came in his rookie year, and we were calling him a leader. Yeah. In that locker room, and that's mm-hmm. saying something. So, especially when you know who the guy is back then was Tony Romo. Yeah, right. Now this guy steps in, and they're instantly the offensive line is rallying behind him. So, mm. you know, I just think that. You know, this team, this organization needs to rally behind him. It's time. He needs to get paid. Uh, I think there's got to be some give and take through through any con, you know, kind of Both negotiations. Ways. There's always some give and take. I still think he needs to get paid the the, the number that 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 was that has been out there. And and I'm not saying go over 40 or Patrick Mahomes numbers or whatnot. Right. But he he's deserving uh, of being one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league, hands down, because that's that's the number right now. And then next year, the number will change. And then after that, the number will change all over again. And, you know, I'm not seeing everybody being, you know, upset about Carson Wentz getting signed last year or uh, Jared Goff getting signed. Why are they so concerned about Dak's money? That star. You know, (laughs) get get his money and let's move on. And and, and the Jones family needs to take care of him. That star. You heard it here. Darren Woodson. Okay, echoing the same things we've been saying, and it has nothing to do with, you know how people like to say you have a biased or Dak biased or you're a Dak this and Dak that. Guys, I'm a, I just want to win, and Dak Prescott can do it. And you yeah. see that man more than we see that man up close and personal, and obviously we see the games, but, you know, it's very important. You just talked about it, the work ethic, you know, the want-to, the leadership. I think people don't take that into consideration when it comes to Dak Prescott. They want to just put on a film. Okay, put on a film. He's better. <laughs> so yeah, you know, yeah. Goal and, and I think he's under, under Coach McCarthy. I think he'll he'll take his game to the next level as well. But listen, I I guess I'm a little sensitive about the fact of not having a quarterback. I've gone through this. Oh I've yeah, I've gone through the feeling of okay, I had one of the best <laughs> quarterbacks to ever played the game in Troy, Aiken. and then Troy retired and moved on, and we were in 
purgatory for four years, dog. Wow. And we had quarterbacks that came in who couldn't throw a dump down pass. And we were yeah. getting our I can't I ain't gonna say Say it. Oh, say it. We were getting our yeah. asses kicked because we couldn't yeah. move the ball offensively. And this went on for like four or five years, man, of my career. And you it didn't matter yeah. what the defense did, didn't matter what the running backs did. It was the quarterback. We were in purgatory. We we just didn't have a guy that can lead us there. And I and I and part of me is feeling like that the Jones know that. They've they been there before. They went through this experience as well. So why not get this man signed? And let's move on. Yeah, because I even heard, like, I think it was a documentary you was on, and you were saying in practice, and it was talking about the Tony Romo. I think that you was talking about, you know, him throwing the ball or something like that. Was that you? Yeah, that was me. I saw, yeah. you know, we had at the time, uh, was it Quincy Carter, Chad Hutchison, and yep. mm-hmm. Drew Henson, I think, were the quarterbacks back then. Mm-hmm. Damn, I can't believe mm-hmm. I remember those names. You <laughs> sped them out like that. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Tony came in, uh, basically was the, the fourth or fifth dude on the, on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. And there was something about how the ball came out of his hands and the swagger that he played with. And this mm-hmm. is coming from a guy who was a free agent, undrafted. And Sean Payton was actually, you know, the, the, the oh, offensive coordinator. coordinator at that mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And Payton was always smiling when he was around Romo and, that's he cool. saw what Romo could do at practice, and I was cussing Romo out sometimes. I'm like, damn, dude, you're playing scout team, but you're holding the ball too damn long. That ain't going to happen in a real game. Right. You ain't never going to play. You ain't, you ain't never, never going to play. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. But he was, he was that much better than everybody else. And, and that's when I was thinking, okay, that's when I was thought in my mind, like, I don't care if he's, a, if he's off the street. If he's the best one, let's Ram. play him. Yeah. And, and yeah. Parcells just wanted to groom him. For a couple more, he knew this team wasn't ready for for Romo, so he needed to groom him and then get to where he wanted to be. And Romo had a great career. Oh, it was a beautiful thing. Hey, Wood, I want to ask you a quick question. I know we're talking current stuff, but I got some people in, in the feed. My guy, Ready Red, some my guy, Denley, about mm-hmm. the rivalry with these San Francisco 49ers. Like, how intense was that? I mean, that was like the rivalry. I remember I, I was young. You try to – I thank you for the compliment saying I was young, but I seen them Steelers Cowboys <laughs> in the yeah. 70s. That was the rivalry. <laughs> but when them 49ers came into playing them 90s, dog, that was crazy. How – intense was that even when especially with the Dion factor yeah, yeah and was, he did he did pi uh michael Irvin. i had to say that absolutely <laughs> absolutely look I, I, the, the two teams are so that were evenly matched and yeah you know you you watch the games as a player you play your game and then the next day you basically back then we were <laughs> we didn't have all the internet and all that stuff in the early 90s right. so we were like reading the paper back then. I don't know if y'all know anything about yeah. that. Yeah, oh, you want to say today? We, I know all about that, opening oh. that joker. Yeah, Will, I know you don't. Will don't, don't know, know. Will don't oh. know nothing about All it, I did was deliver the papers, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so we used to read the paper, man, on Monday morning, and I used to be, you know, sit there and go, okay, you know, I know what we did, what did they do? And it was vice versa. You talk to the guys like the Merton Hanks and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Tim McDonald's and, 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 uh, you know, Steve Young's, they would say the same thing. They were they were concerned about what we were doing mm. on the other side because they, we knew the matchup athletically and talent-wise was, was that close. And so the key was, how do you get home field advantage? Mm. How do you get home field advantage? And I used to watch them and go, damn, they play in the worst 
division in all the football. <laughs> they they used to whoop everybody's ass in their division. I mean, they, right. they wouldn't lose a game in the division, right. but but on our end, All right, you got the Giants, we got the Red, Giants who had won Philly. the Super Bowl a couple years ago. The Redskins who had won the Super Bowl a couple years ago. And the Eagles were stacked uh, as a football team. So we, it was like, you know, for us, Jimmy used to always say, hey, man, don't worry about all the outside noise from the other conference or from the other divisions. You got to be the beast in the East. If you take care of the East, you're going to have a shot to win this thing. So, you know, it was it was something that you'd always watch on the opposite side to see what they were doing in the, in the NFC West, but you knew, man, that every week in the East it was going to be a knockdown, drag out fight, and you had to get through it to to find a way to get home field advantage. Yeah, absolutely. Nice, we, nice. We can't we can't go without talking about the triplets, right? We can't yeah, go man. away without talking about them, and we know we just saw the last dance. And everyone's talking about, man, what if there was a last dance for the 90s Cowboys? You talked about it earlier. You talked about if it was social media, probably wouldn't be able to line up on the field on Sundays. (laughs) But can you give us a little insight on what it was like playing with not just Mike and and Troy and Emmett individually, but playing with them as the triplets because they they were kind of a package deal in the 90s. Yeah, Yeah, and the thing about it, and we spoke to Troy today, Troy made this comment. He said, you know, all of us knew that, you know, he said, I didn't win until, you know, Michael, but Michael was the first one in. Michael didn't win uh, until Troy came in, but Troy didn't actually win when he so came Emmett. in. He was losing. Then Emmett yeah. came in and they still hadn't really won. I think they went seven and nine in Emmett's first season. So when they really turned this thing around, it was with all three of them were playing at their highest level. And that's when the winning record started mm-hmm. to start to shine. So he knew, he said, look, I, we needed all three of us needed each other to mm. win this. And not only that, but, you know, he talked about the offensive line and how dominant they were and how, you know, how involved they were. So look, man, I, I, I firmly believe, and we talk about the triplets. Now we always try to compare in every, even today's game, we're always comparing, okay, the triplets on the Dallas Cowboys. Every <laughs> year is a different triplet. Every year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, and, and on other teams as well, you know, yeah. who are the triplets, but, I can say this about those three. Michael Irvin was probably one of the most competitive men that I've ever been around. And he loved competition, whether it be in practice, uh, playing dominoes, you name it. And Emmett was not far off in the same way as far as the competitive spirit, the will and the want to to win. And Troy was the dude who brought his lunch pail to work every day, man. Mm. I mean, he was the most consistent person I've ever been around as far as an athlete. You weren't, you knew where he was going to be. If you were thinking about Robin Troy Aikman, you know absolutely where he was going to be. <laughs> so he, he did the same thing every day, every, every damn day. So, <laughs> and when you're, when your best players are your hardest workers, mm-hmm. that's when you got something. Exactly. And, and those exactly. three, man, they set the bar, and we all had to follow, especially on that opposite side of the ball. Now, defensively, we had our own monsters over there, man. You had the, yeah. the, the Charles Haley's, and Tony Tober, Tober doesn't get enough credit. Man, he doesn't uh, get enough uh, credit. Ken Norton, when, he, when I first Norton got to the league. Norton was nasty. 
Nort was a dog, man. Ru- Russell, Maryland. We let him go when he was Russell. able to move on to San Francisco. I know man, you was just, mad about that oh, one. I was upset. Man. I know I was mad when they said, and then he went to San Francisco, Woody. Yes. I said, oh, hell yeah, no. We in trouble. I said, we in trouble now because <laughs> yeah. that's going to be a problem. Yeah, but there were so many good players. You know, James Washington, another we used to go yes. drive by back in the day. And then <laughs> Dion comes by back and it comes through in 95. Man, we just, this the, the organization or the team, early in those 90s, man, again, great players that wanted to work and had the will and the want to win. Well, well let me ask you this, Woody. Uh, for this 2020 team, uh, big emphasis been on turnovers, takeaways, being aggressive, not playing it safe to the vest anymore. We lost number 31, Byron Jones. He's going to the Miami land. So we got a, a, a group of new guys out there in a refresh and a rejuvenated front four. Can you explain to some of the people how beneficial this would be for this particular defense to have a, I guess, a better front four and some new guys with different philosophies out there. Yeah, you know, look, I, I, I watched the draft and, and you know, I remember before the draft, McCoy got signed. Yeah. And I thought, okay, well, that's different because mm-hmm. what we've seen within this organization is that they, they, they've been running a 43 uh, defense. Uh, and they really haven't, I mean, outside of DeMarcus Lawrence, you haven't really seen a guy that's like the, a dog, like up front. You know what I mean? I mean, right, yeah, right, yeah. Guys, mm, guys yeah. that can play yeah. here, but they're normally undersized guys. Yep. They might be dogs, but they're undersized. They They've gotten bigger up front. Mm. This is not the same philosophy that they've had defensively, especially up front where they were quick guys that got up the field, that were disruptive, that Warren Sapp look. No, no, no. These dudes are big mm-hmm. now, and, and they're going up to 300 and, and above. So that that's different. So that means that they're focused on we got to stop the run. We got to win the line of scrimmage. That's one. Mm-hmm. The, the the guy that who I feel makes the defense go mm-hmm. is the Marcus Lawrence. Okay. Good. Marcus say it loud because so many people, the people so many people yeah. hate on him, Woody. So uh, many no, people I mean, say. Hey, look, but, and he had an off season. Let's call it what it was. He didn't have a good season last year. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling that. Maybe I wouldn't say it to his face. That too. <laughs> <laughs> but he had <laughs> he had an off season last year. Now the expectation, because what I've seen in him in the past is that oh he's gonna pick it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's gonna pick it up. So and I know in the locker room he said that he's he's he may mention that yeah that season that's over. With, I'm coming back next year. He's the guy that makes it go. And if he can put pressure uh, on his side and if Alden Smith comes in and I'm not sure who Alden Smith is yet. I mean, there's a whole lot of, you know, maybes. We just don't know who Alden Smith is, but Alden Smith is like half the dude that he was at one point. Mm -hmm. Hey man, man. Now you got pressure. Hey hey, Woody. Yes. I didn't mean to cut you off, but uh, my guy is training Alden Smith right now. And he's saying he looked like a Greek God. He's saying he just like an old battleship that just been sitting for a while. And you just got to crank him up. He's saying he's looking every bit of what he used to be. Mm. All right. But Hey, <laughs> <laughs> it's a five, he said, okay. five years. <laughs> okay. okay now. <laughs> <laughs> is there- and we we speaking positivity in the air, Woody. Yeah, that's all. No, we, you know, we keeping it real. Keeping it real. Yeah, we gonna yeah. keep it real. We keep it real. Honestly, no, seriously, because give us give yeah. us a player's perspective on sitting out that long. I know you ain't set out and came back, but good 
that long. Well, that's a long time. Five, man. five years, Woo! man. That is a long time. And 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 y'all know this. Father Time ain't ever lost. Like, no, he he had <laughs> <laughs> zero. <laughs> losses. What, 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 what Tom Brady is like? Uh, what's that again? Yeah, now nah, you got one. There. You got, you got one. We're gonna find Drew's out a lot about Tom too this year. We're gonna find out about Tom. Yeah, year. yeah, we yeah, really will. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, that. But look at that position, and it's such a, a physical position at the defensive end position. Look, I, I've watched a guy like Charles Haley play so many years, man, and it's brutal, man. It, it, it is brutal. Guys are trying to take your knees out and yeah. do all those little things. So you know, to be outside of the game. You can't tell me his athleticism is going to be the same. I hope it is, mm-hmm. but I'm, I got reservations I got about to see that. that he's going to be. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm saying, look, I'm not expecting that the real Alden Smith. I'm expecting maybe 50 to 60% of what he was back then. But give me that, man. Yeah. Just give me that. Give me a guy that's on the you... opposite side that, like, that quit, yeah. hey, get, you know, get your numbers last year. But yeah. we need numbers from that guy on the on the opposite side, guys. I so got what do you feel about Randy Gregory? And, I, that's uh, another one, man. Yeah, yeah. You just uh, you know, Randy didn't play last year, and there's yeah. so many question marks. Like, listen, super talented, mm-hmm. super talented. But you know, the key in the NFL is this: Are you available? Mm-hmm. Can you be available? Availability means more than talent. Are you available? Because Availability means you're going to be consistent. You're going to play out there every week. You're going to be consistent. We know who you are. We know what you're going to give us. But if you're never available, and it's not through due to injury, it's 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 self-inflicted. You know, these are self-inflicted situations. So it's hard to to really justify. Is Alden going to be there for 16 games? Is Randy Gregory going to be there for 16 games? I'm hoping, Mm -hmm. but there's a whole lot of you know question marks around that. So let me ask you this though. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I got to say this because uh, a lot of people have been clamoring about it. We what, what happened to that void since you've been gone as yes, it relates to the safety, safety play? You know, uh, we, we've been trying to look for that situation. Roy Williams stepped in for a cup yeah. of coffee. He was that guy, but then the, I guess the NFL kind of caught up with him when they had the Palomamus of the world. How do you say that man's name? And uh, <laughs> Ed Reed kind of like yeah. pushed him way to the back. So can you fill in the nation on that? What happened with the safety play with the Dallas Cowboys? Well, I, I, I think there's one is you know, the last time they drafted a safety that high was Roy. And, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and look, trust me, Roy, in his first five, six years, though, there, there was nobody like him. Beast. Right. Uh, he was an absolute beast. But if you want someone, if you want a, a safety that's going to give you what you're looking for, you might want to draft him early. You mm-hmm. might want to draft a dude, you know, earlier. That like Mika Fitzpatrick wasn't Mika there? A couple Mika was available last year. We could have traded that first one. Yeah, could have yeah. But I mean, there's been safeties that 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 maybe if you want to get better. Look, I love you know Heath is a good was a good player. He was a serviceable player, serviceable Uh player. But he was a special teams player (laughs) that was playing safety. There you go. You want a guy? Go draft a guy early that plays the position. Yeah, and. That, and that's the reason why I think they're in purgatory. I don't that's think it's amazing. anything to do with me. I mean, people are like, man, you need to come yeah, back. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I'll be talking <laughs> trash about me if I walk back on that. <laughs> I ain't going back. <laughs> I mean, you make a great point, though, because right. uh, if you look under the last 10 years, they don't draft defensive backs, not just safety, defensive yeah. backs that high. They've only drafted three defensive backs in the first two rounds three times. That's it in the last 10 years. So I agree. The last man. 10 years? Last 10 years. Yeah. Cheetah Bay Wuzier. I'm sorry, since 2003. 
twelve. So I'm not sure about ten, but I don't think so. It happened in 2010 either. No, Cheetah Bear Wuzier, so. Byron Jones, and who else am I missing? Oh, Mo Claiborne. The only three oh, defensive wow. backs they've drafted in the first or second round. That, yeah, I mean, you can't great. expect yeah. to have you know great DB play if you're not going to invest in it. And that's something that Mike McCarthy did in Green Bay. They drafted at one point. Four straight defensive backs in rounds one and two back-to-back years. Mm-hmm. So he likes to invest, and he brought in this guy, HaHa Clinton Dix. What do you think about you know a veteran like HaHa coming in? I know that's the position you played. Um, yeah. You've obviously saw how I played the last seven years, I believe. You know, you yeah. think that's an upgrade there? We'll see. Look, I, here's my question. Here's the <laughs> he said, we'll Y'all see. He Y'all said, we'll like, see. You're such a pessimist. You're no, such no, a no, pessimist. No, 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 no. no we, we, hey, we, we want the truth. Mm, we want, want the, the truth. truth. Well, yeah. what happened in Washington? Why did Washington allow him to move on? <laughs> they tried to play that man inside the box. You know, some no, people can, I'm some people can battle. Look, like, look, Woody, some people can battle down inside the box. Some we know he don't tackle. You know, you know, he just like to line up side by side and then pull you down. You know, he wasn't. Yeah. He's like that Woody, dude. You know, yeah, look, I, I'm, I'm, jury's out on my. Look, I know one thing about how yeah. he understands the defense. True. He knows McCarthy, and he understands what they're going to be running defensively. So he's going to have a clear advantage as far as uh, understanding that, and then teaching up the, the young guys or the guys that are that uh, that aren't familiar with the defense, teaching them along the way. So you you mm-hmm. always need a guy that way but i'm not looking at haha being a Same guy way. yeah i'm not looking at like five two three years from now to say okay haha oh, no, no. was the dude he i think it's, he's gonna be a serviceable guy and hopefully they can bring someone else on as, as time goes on but look it, you know the one thing you know what you're gonna get you're gonna get consistency with him you're not he's not gonna get beat on on some of the dumb things and he's gonna be where he's supposed to be and he's gonna make some plays for you well, if you're the GM of the Dallas Cowboys, would you give up next year's first round pick for go ahead, go Jamal? Ahead. I was about to say yeah. yes. That's my guy. <laughs> Wait a minute, did you yeah. just say yeah? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, look, that was I'm, the next I'm question. What you, it was from Carrollton. He's from Carrollton, Texas. He's from, he's he's a Texas Texas boy. Uh, and and the one thing I like about Jamal is, is that he's a player, man. He's just a football player. I mean. He may not be the fastest dude in the world, uh, may not flash all the time, but there's something about him that just shows you that he's passionate about the game. Like Jamal could have played in the 90s because he's he had, his passion and understanding of what he wants to get accomplished on the football team, it just, it just pops. You turn the film on, it pops. You see him. He's running balls down from behind. He's doing the little things it takes. He's cussing his own players out at times. And – that's the type of guy you want because I don't care to have the nicest guy all the time on the football field. I want the dude that's going sometimes. Yeah. You just going to be an ass. Yeah. You just going to be an ass, but you're going to show up on Sunday. And I think he, he brings a little bit of that, man. He brings that edge, that edginess to him. And you know, listen, we always take chances on first round. We don't know what we're getting. When we get even the first, second, third round. We don't know what we're getting. You know what you got in Jamal Adams. I've been saying it. he's an all pro. No, come on. Yes. He's yeah. 24. Yes, you is know what 24? you get. Yeah, he's 24, 25. But it's funny you, you brought up being, yeah, you know, not being nice on the field. I just happened to, to come by an old clip of you on Will Kane's show, and they asked you, who was the meanest player you played with? And I had to chuckle because you said it was Eric Williams. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> yes. and he was like, really? Because and, and, Will thought you were going to say Charles Haley. And so, no. would I, so did I. 
But tell them why you said it was Eric Williams. <laughs> Big E, man. We called him Big E, dude. I didn't call him Eric. You called him Big E. You <laughs> uh, <laughs> like Big Debo, like right. back the dog. He, he was what bike? He was nasty, man. He, I mean, the things that look, before Eric Eric Williams had uh, the car accident. Yeah. I mean, right. he, had a, he had a huge car accident, tore up his knee, knee, and was was I mean, yeah, oh, it was man, terrific. But before that time, man, he was the most dominant left tackle in the game, and and it wasn't just dominance; it was he wanted to hurt you, he wanted to <laughs> bury you, and he carried that same attitude in the locker room. So when he came in the locker room, you sort of didn't know what you're. He was always quiet, and he had that little voice, and you didn't know. I mean, that's how his voice was, man. He had that, you know, he like. Dude, sound like Michael Jackson, but he's six six. Are you serious? No way. He's six six. He beat your ass. I mean, like, I saw him hit people, man. Like, oh my god, what are you doing? Like, he wow. he was just that nasty, man. He would bury you on the field, and this is when I can tell you how bad. What why we call him Big E, Big Nasty, mm. is because. I don't even know if I should tell this story. If, if, listen, we, we can save it for off now. air and maybe the exclusive members, it. but, but yeah. it's up to you, All right. man. All right, well, well Reggie, Reggie White, we call him the minister, right? Minister right. of defense. Minister of defense. Yeah. And God bless Reggie, man. Reggie was, is, was a great man. I mean, a great, great man. But Reggie was the calmest man you will ever meet. Reggie, mm-hmm. Reggie White would pray for you, bro. Before the game, during the game, after the game. After a sack. Oh, after a sack, he's going to bless you in the name. You all right? Yeah. (laughs) Reggie was the nicest guy. Reggie and Big E went at it in a game. And it was the first time that I saw Reggie White go outside himself. Mm. Like, he he was so mad. He walked during the game. He walked from the from the Packers sideline to our sideline trying to get at Big E. Mm. Trying to get at because Big E just went at him during the game, spit on you, <laughs> you know, try to drive you when you're in the game, try to cut you from behind. He was just, he was just that nasty. So I knew I was like, yep, you've been stamped as the nastiest dude in the league. <laughs> he did it to the preacher, man. You, you did know. it to the preacher, dog. Facts. Facts, <laughs> that man. big old club on his arm, too. Oh yeah! Oh my goodness! Talent, he'd be a hall of famer, hands down. He's should a hall be. of famer. He should yeah. be. Yeah. You, you know yeah. who's an interesting guy, and it's kind of just off the rails. I didn't even have this plan. Um, Nate Newton was on the picture of you guys. There's that. I don't know if you remember that photo of you, Nate, of Mike, yeah. Troy, and Emmett, and everyone forgets about Nate Newton, but he went to the Pro Bowl six times. You know, yeah, and, player, man. and you know he doesn't get talked about much, but I, I enjoy listening to him on on Dallas Cowboy. He's a funny guy. He's yeah, a funny yeah, guy. a little road grader, man. And Nate <laughs> knew Nate knew what his limitations were, but when you talk about run blocking, oh yeah, he he was gonna bury you when he had to run block, and and uh, just a talented dude. You know, Nate Nate's game was awesome when he was out there on the field. He he was one thing, but when when Nate really showed his value was not only on the games, but like on Mondays, you know, when during the week, mm. like Nate was that dude that kept everything loose, everything, even in the worst and worst of times. It seems like he, here come the jokes. Crack a joke. They, they're going, <laughs> jokes are going. And, and those are the things that you, I mean, there's so much value in that, man. Right, right, Mr. Big, right. You know, keeping the culture right. I mean, mm-hmm. Nate played a huge role in what we did in the locker room. 
That's awesome, man. That's yeah, that's a, that's a man. beautiful thing. Hey, Woody, I want to ask you a quick question. Oh, yeah, get your members ones in there before we yeah, head out want, here. Yeah, I want to get these out. Uh, my my guy, Floor Perrier, he asked that. Uh, that's a kind of tough one. Um, he asked that, you know, when they got the 55-man squad now, 53, he asked, like, would it be the last kind of three you think would be edging out, be the close ones to making the team if you had a, a thought? And which wait, 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 wait. He lost me on that yeah. one. You got, you know, the 55-man roster, right? Right. So you got like you know the French players like who would be your last three that you would be like man these three guys are kind of like bubble guys of being on that fifty five man roster, and which veteran Tough one. would be most likely to lose his job this year? Oh, for the Cowboys? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's it's early. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's so <laughs> early right now. Early. We just haven't seen anybody. Like I honestly, man. I mean, especially through COVID, we had. I don't. I don't know who's who right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's early. It's too early for that question. Man, yeah. I'll tell you this. You asked me that question during the preseason. I still can't give you a legitimate answer. That's I'm is serious. that right? Right? Is that that's like that's that's just got to play it out. I gotta. You got. I gotta see him. I gotta see him when the bullets are really or actually flying and they're playing against the ones. Because yeah, we see right. there's so many preseason right. heroes. I've mm-hmm. watched news in the preseason and go, oh God, he's the next coming to Michael Irvin. And right. then the season oh. really starts and you're like, oh, he this fold up like a wallet. Yeah. <laughs> Be like this dude. <laughs> Why? Yeah, this dude. Yeah, why? <laughs> why? For and real? you got a new coaching staff too, because yeah. it's kind of hard to tell what they like. We knew what Jason Garrett's staff liked. So you kind of pinpoint. Guys? You know, a player, but it's it's tough. It's tough. <laughs> and you play with there. Jason. You know, you yeah. you play with Jason. And he was beloved as a backup quarterback, not so much yeah. as a coach, though. But <laughs> great teammate, right. man. Look, I mean, <laughs> everyone says that about him. Yeah. yeah, great teammate. And everybody you talk to, I mean, I talked to Mike Irv the other day, and he was talking about how how much he, you know, loved Jason. And he, if you heard Irv throughout the entire the last couple of years, and people were, were talking about boy. Jason, he was in his he was in the corner. He was his defense attorney. Yeah. Uh, Dion Dion, <laughs> Dion, Dion was Dion very well. defensive. He said, y'all need to talk about him when he went, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Listen, I mean, I, and that's because red man, red was red's yeah. a good dude, man. I mean, and it's hard. Like, yeah, I, I know that, that, you know, the wins and losses weren't what we wanted, but you know, as a friend, you always want your friend mm-hmm. to win. To do well, yeah. Yeah. it just yeah. didn't, I mean, look, honestly, it just didn't work out as much as I love red. It just, they, his voice didn't didn't it, sound out throughout, yeah, throughout that locker room, man. And they and they tuned him out, and it was time. <laughs> and he'll tell you it was time. It was, it was time. time for him yeah. to move on and, and 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 have his own start. Yeah, you got. Yes. I know you're going to have Mike on. You said your show. You got to get. I'm I'm ready for that episode, by the way. But you got to get oh, Mike yeah. and Dion on there. You might not have enough air room to talk for no, that man, one. But, that right. would be. Nah, be oh, no. that would be. Yo got fire. See it though. Yo got flame. I want to flame. Though. You got to do them separately. <laughs> there is no way that you're going to have, because you, I mean, I can't do a five hour show. Yeah. Right. <laughs> because, because, because you know, it's going to go, it's going to go with that uh, 49ers game. Yep. The PI. Exactly. This way going to blow it up. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, I tell you what, like Mike, Mike is a dog, you know, Mike. Uh, and again, one of the most competitive players I've ever played with. Uh, best wide receiver I've been. I mean, Mike used to school. This is how Mike used to be. Mike would school you in practice, mm-hmm. score a touchdown. He'd slam the ball, talk all kind of trash, blah, blah, blah. But then he'd walk over and walk back to the huddle with you and say, hey, you know why I did, you know, oh, I ran his route. I saw your body leaning this way. 
but uh, but he would he would help you because he and his whole deal was, look, man, you're gonna go see Jerry next week. I got to make sure that you don't give up them touchdowns, Jerry. So I'm trying to help you. He helped me get, especially early on in my career, he really helped me get better mm, and spent dope. the time. Now, Dion, totally different dude. <laughs> Dion, probably the best football player, athlete I've ever, he is by far, the mm. best athlete that I've ever been around. By best far? hands, feet, speed. Mm. He was, God said, hey, man, hands they, on you. He took you, some football. time with him. No, right. took his time, <laughs> and, and he would, you know, he'd be talking trash during the game. Like I'm, I'm blessing this fool out there. <laughs> like, and that's how he would talk, man. He would yeah. talk. I'm laying his hands on this, like he's pre preaching <laughs> out there on the field like, and talking trash <laughs> at the same time. But a tremendous yeah. football player, man. Man, oh, I wish man. you could have those mic'd up when oh. those. Oh my gosh, oh. the way they have the technology now, we could have those mic'd up with your guys back in the day. Listen to the trash talking on the field. Oh my God, those will be classics. They would be. <laughs> You would be playing those every single day. Yeah. Hey, hey, Law, you want to shoot your member questions before we get? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got Stellos. He's he's a big uh, supporter of the channel. He said, "What did you say to Rodney Pete when you knocked him out of the game? You were jawing oh, him. You knocked him out. Something like that." Yeah, yeah. Uh, you no, know, you know, the crazy thing is, I, I'd known Rodney for a long time. You know, what surprised me was that I thought Rodney tried me. I'm serious. Mm. <laughs> I, the problem was, I love when I got to the sideline, they were like, dog, he absolutely tried you. Like, uh, you know how your boys are. Yeah. Your boys uh, like, you, 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 do that. Dog. you ain't a dog anymore. <laughs> the the yeah, quarterback yeah. tried you. So, <laughs> but when he, you know, when he came up, I, I didn't think he was going to put his head down. And, and I don't think, honestly, and Roddy told, told me this later on, he said, <laughs> after he woke up, uh, <laughs> you wrong. You but, wrong. <laughs> I had to say it. I had to, but he did tell me, so I just didn't see, and I don't think he saw me until the last second. He was looking down the field and then he saw me and he was right up on me. And of course, you know, it's like a slobbering dog. When you see a quarterback out there as a defensive player, you see a quarterback Definitely out back the then. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You want to make sure that you give him everything you got. And, and I, I was able to, you know, you know, his head came down and I, I was into, you know, able to, to to give him a good shot. But, you know, that that that, you know, taking that shot on him, man, that turned the game around basically by the fact that, you know, their number one quarterback was out. Awesome. Wow. Got, wow. got one more from Okoye, man. Okoye wants to say, hey, Darren Woodson, do you remember Scott Case laying out the Steelers yeah. in the Super Bowl? And what was <laughs> his favorite hit? On, what was your favorite hit on another player that you can remember? Favorite hit? I was oh, just looking man. at that. That's that that one. I'm one my favorite, but you laid out. I forget who it was against Seattle in your later years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but man, that was a scary. That was one a scary one. I know that's why I said yeah, it's not a favorite. Yeah, one. because he went in and he had a seizure. Oh, you I know, know what? That. Look, wow. Look, the, the hit itself, I would never take back. That was, hey, I was like, you know, you ever hit, you ever hit a baseball or a golf ball, and it was like it just comes off the club. Like, man, I don't even feel like I swung it. God. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, yeah, they, they, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Like that's how that hit felt. Like I didn't feel the hit when in that Seattle game. It was like bap bap and you know that it was it. Happened. And I was like, man, that felt good. But then afterward he had a seizure. And that's when I was like, man, that's you know, right. I ain't playing the game for that, dog. Right. That, what know, was your favorite I one? To, I ain't trying to hurt anybody like that. 
Um, so that one, but I remember Deuce Daly. Oh. And mm. it was, we were here in, in Dallas, and it's he a pickle came juice through game. the hole. And, you know, Deuce, Deuce had this little <laughs> wiggle to him, man. And he, right, you know, he, right. he had like stop and go, and, and he was murdering us this day, man. So I'm playing mm. deep. <laughs> and I just flew up, man. And I caught Deuce when both his feet were off the ground. He was trying Ooh. to make he was making a move on somebody else. And then he hopped. And when he hopped, it was like a <laughs> bat. And <laughs> his feet came off the ground, man. And hit his back of his head hit the ground. And I, you know, I had to talk. I was like, <laughs> you, you know what I love about Don't that? Ass, I your mother. <laughs> exactly. I love that yeah, his favorite yeah. hit was on an eagle yeah. player. We love the best thing about it. Eagles coach now, whatever he's doing now. Shout out to him, though. <laughs> Shout out to the hit. Shout out to the hit. Yeah, unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. Hey, Darren, yeah. before we uh, let you get out of here, I want to take too much of your time up here, but this has been awesome, first of all. This has been amazing. Um, I've been loving kicking it with you right here. And uh, let the people know where they can find your podcast. We forgot to tell them about that, where they can actually find right. it. Right. Yeah, um, you can find it on all the social media platforms, man. You can go to you know iTunes and and uh, and, and find us there. You can go to YouTube, find us there uh, on the Darren Woodson Show. Uh, we've only been going for two months, man. And again, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's not just sports what we're talking about. Uh, we're talking all verticals. And anyone that has an interesting story. They'll be on the show and uh, just tune into Darren Woods' show, man. Look, I want to say this before we go, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Y'all ain't done with me now. We're going to be back on this during the season. There we go. We back there on, we go. Y'all. There we go. We back on, man. Yeah, that's so, what we're loving I, to hear, baby. Yeah. Man, I appreciate what you guys are doing. Thank you. Uh, keep serving the fans, man. I mean, keep serving. This is what, you know, the fans are, are just dying to hear. People talk about their cowboys and just talk about sports in general, man. It's just it just means so much to me personally. It means so much to be on this show, yeah. man. And uh, you wow. know, that that's you guys an honor to hear that. Wow, because it yeah, means a ton. That. You don't understand you how we feeling, right? <laughs> hey, hey, D, can I say so right quick, Woody? Yeah. What, what we said, hey, what, what Will said, hey, dog, Darren, Darren Wilson on. Dog, we 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 was in our group tech going hell. We was going right. Nah, uh, like, nope. L- they thought I was lying. Saying, Woody. He said April Fools is over. Dog, don't do that no more. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like he ain't lying, dog. I, he said it. He said it. Uh, hey, you so, just a real. We appreciate you, know, you man. We really dude. appreciate you so so much, Woody man. Uh, remember, I forgot to say. Where did where did the Woody name come from? I know you got to go, yeah. but uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You what know is, what, man? My daddy's name was Woody, man. My my dad's, uh, you know, Woodson. So they used to call uh-huh. him Woody, Big Woody. And then my brothers. So my name was Darren because my my two other brothers they had the Woody name, especially mm. my brother Todd, and he was a be- he was a good athlete growing up. So they kept, you know, Woody was the, that name for him. But it was mm-hmm. probably in high school. You know, I was little Wood. And then got into college, and I, I, I'm serious though. I can be somewhere, and people will say, "Darren, I don't even know who Darren is." Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've been going about Woody all my life. That's all I know. It, I believe yeah. it. I believe it. That's I'm saying, wait, my my pops is 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 Big Will. And so I've, I've been Lil Will for a long time till I became an adult. And I was like, you know what? Y'all got to chill with the Lil Will now. Lil I'm, I'm grown <laughs> now, man. I'm grown. Right? I can just call me Will. So, yeah, that, I feel you, man. Wow. So, I guys, really appreciate you, man. Do you want to uh, take a break here? 
Uh, salute, give our salutes to Woody off air, and then come back on and and, and hop into the chat here and talk yeah, to the fans. Yeah, the fans yeah, 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 been loving this, so I'm glad yeah, you said we out. ain't done with you yet, man. I'm glad you said. Yes, that. we loving that. Woo, we loving that because we gonna have a good time for the season, man. Yes, yes, sir. sir. Yes, sir. Maybe you'll see us in Dallas. We're already trying to play. No, are you all coming? Yeah, we coming. Well, well, I'm right here in Dallas. We already so. in Dallas. Oh, you in Dallas? Yes. Yeah, Law's yeah. in Dallas. Yeah. I'm from Dallas, but I'm, we gonna be when the games go down, we're going to be down there, too. So we all going to yeah. have to link up, Woody, for sure. I'm oh, trying absolutely. to get to the Pittsburgh one. Law, where you at? Well, Law, we'll talk well, off loud. Yeah, I want to get your address. Yeah. <laughs> 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 My God, Woody. 